You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 198, Lunch Boxes. Greetings and salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of You Don't Know Flat. Today is February 7th, 2021, and I'm your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be talking about lunchboxes. But before we get started talking about this week's subject, we have a few minutes to chat during this week's loading time. Loading time. Loading time. Loading time. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Know Flack. Uh, if you have not been following the uh, YouTube channel or if you're not on Patreon and haven't seen the links uh, or on Facebook, if you're not following You Don't Know Robcast on Facebook, then you may not have seen all the links. But over the past week, I've played a few different versions of Double Dragon. So Double Dragon is something I've been into over the past week. I've played uh, – I streamed uh, the Commodore 64 version of Double Dragon, which I would rather be punched by Billy and Jimmy Lee of Double Dragon in the face 4,000 times rather than play that again. But I did play that. And also, I the same day, I was uh, gifted some ghost pepper chips, uh, which were some of the hottest things I believe I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> and uh, so I ate some of those on the stream just to keep things moving along. So uh, that, I believe, is uploaded to youtube.com forward slash Amigos Retro Gaming. So if you want to check that out. I also played the main version of Double Dragon over the past week. And uh, uh, that, I believe, ended up on uh, my own YouTube uh, page, which is just forward slash Rob O'Hara. So if you're into Double Dragon as much as I am, then you could go check out those links, which will also be linked in this week's show notes. I've also spent some time over the past couple of weeks playing with the Mister. You know, I did the uh, article on the, uh, not the article, the episode on the Mister, and I talked all about it. And so I've been uh, really getting into that, enjoying that. I thought that I would be playing a lot of Commodore stuff on the Mister, but you know. I won't say that I'm burned out on the Commodore. Um, by no means, I still enjoy the Commodore, but I just have so many other uh, things here that play Commodore games that playing it on one more system isn't just that uh, enticing to me, you know? So what I've been doing instead is playing and kind of exploring some of the other systems that I haven't played in a long time. And to be honest, one of them is the Apple II, which uh, I have a vintage Apple IIe set up in my room here, and I have a CFFA 3000 card, which allows me to play games off of a USB stick, uh, Apple disc images, but I just haven't got around to doing it that much. And so I've reconfigured my uh, computer room here. And uh, so I have my main system on uh, one desk. I kind of have a U-shape, like I sit in a cockpit now. It's kind of fun. I have a U-shape um, desktop in front of me. To my right is my work computer. So I spend my days uh, working on the work machine. And I kind of set it up so that my back is towards everything else, so I'm not distracted by looking at all the fun stuff I have behind me all day. 
Uh, but to my left is the mister, and so it's just a rotation of the chair away. And I've been going through, I played um, some Bruce Lee on the Apple II. You know, I've played that game. I probably played it uh, more on the Commodore 64, but I played it first on the Apple, and it still holds up. The colors are a little different. I, I You forget, uh, it's easy to forget the uh, early Apple color palette, you know, with the orange and purple and, and the, the greens, those colors. And so Bruce Lee and, and a lot of games have kind of a, a unique feel when you play them on the Apple II. And so that definitely brought back some memories. Um, I also spent some time playing a game called Chivalry, which is, I believe, um, only released on the Apple II. It was a it was kind of a game for kids. It's a cross between a, a board game with little action mini games built in. Uh, the reason I was familiar with it as a kid was I did a, a book report or a, some sort of report on the Middle Ages, like in fifth grade or maybe sixth grade. And, and we had an Apple II, you know, like a lot of elementary schools, we had like one Apple. <laughs> we had it on a mobile cart that you could wheel into the classroom and I asked if, if they could bring it in for my report. And I had a copy of Chivalry. And so it had this great title screen of uh, a knight riding a horse. And he has this big lance getting ready to joust. And I had it running behind me. And I did the report. And when the report was over, all the questions uh, about my report were about the game Chivalry. <laughs> Everybody wanted to know why I had brought it in there and and. Frankly, it didn't really make much sense to bring it in there in the first place. It was just kind of a, uh, I don't know what I thought I was doing, like an ambiance kind of thing or whatever. Of course, the teachers wanted to know if I'd written the game or, or drawn the graphics, and I had nothing. It was just a game that, you know, somehow we'd got a copy of, and I thought it would be cool to give my speech with this picture on the computer behind me. So uh, I didn't really remember too much of the game. Actually, I, I think I was kind of confusing some of the game with – Defender of the Crown, because it's a similar, you know, the title screen kind of looks like it's that kind of game. And uh, it's a lot of mini games and stuff like that. So I didn't I didn't really remember it being that much of a I think it's a, like a, a school schoolhouse reader or something like that release. So it, it was uh, much more kid oriented than I remember. Of course, I was a kid back then. So that would have made sense. But I've been having fun just going through and picking some random Apple II games over the past week and playing some of those. Uh, and then, of course, yesterday was the Super Bowl. Uh, and so this time of year, you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. Today, it's 29 degrees. It is freezing outside. We've got a thin layer of ice on the roads and the sidewalks. And, you know, sometimes when it's Super Bowl time, it's it's spring. It's already warm, it seems like. And, and I mean, not spring, but spring weather. Uh, but uh, it's definitely winter kind of weather today, although uh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter because um, – we didn't invite anybody over for the Super Bowl. Sometimes we invite my dad, and we have a fun time because my dad grew up in Chicago, and so we will both wear Chicago Bears journey, uh, uh, jerseys and hats and stuff, even though the Bears have been in the Super Bowl, I think, twice in my lifetime, something like that. So we don't care. We dress up in our Bears stuff, and we watch the game. And really, it's an excuse just to cook a bunch of food and eat, but uh dad did not come over this year for the Super Bowl. I did get to see him, but... uh uh, we did not have a Super Bowl party, and it's funny because I really don't care about uh, the Super Bowl per se. Like I wasn't rooting for any particular team. It's just an event to watch. You know, you sit down. Of course, there's all the commercials and there's the the game. I mean, if you like football at all, it's going to be you know ostensibly the best football game of the year. So 
it's just kind of fun uh, to be a part of the event. I don't really get all the the people online. My whole news feed is filled with people saying, dude, the sports ball game, you know, I just, <laughs> I really don't get that attitude. I don't like, I, I just don't have the time to waste to, to, you know, whatever heckle people that like other things <laughs> other than what I like. I just don't have that energy in me anymore. Uh, I, my energy is just, uh, it seems like from morning to night going from, you know, doing work, doing uh, things around the house, doing uh, a podcast, doing streams, doing all this. I, I don't have it in me to take time out just to give other people a hard time. But uh, if that's your deal, then uh, it's, it seems to be a lot of people's deal. <laughs> There's a lot of it going on, but eh, we enjoy watching it as much as we enjoy watching uh, reality TV or anything else. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, we did not invite anybody over uh, for the Super Bowl, but I did have an invite list. I was going to invite Alan Hudgens, Aunt Page, Armadon Restall, Kerry Clanton, Chris Folds, C Dubs, Dan Heavy, Heavy, sorry, uh, Darren Folds, Dave Zilly, David Chambers, David Hearns, Eric Stryanisi, Garrett Allier, Gary Heather, Graham Vebke. Jake Nonamaker, John Morrison. By the way, today is John Morrison's birthday. Happy birthday to John Morrison. John Schaller, John Treholt, Mark Alley, Matt Hill, Matt Nicholson, Mike McLaughlin, Mitsuyama, Mr. Bundy, Olav Hope, Patrick Markey, Paul Davies, Rick Reynolds, Roy Jacobs, Scott Lambert, Scrap Arcade, Stephen Burt, Steve Rasmussen, Steve Sharippa, Rydar Bow, Christopher Bow, Zeke Pabsky, and the elusive Cobra Kai. What a Super Bowl party that would be to have all those people here. Unfortunately, uh, those were not on the invite of my Super Bowl list. Not that they wouldn't be. I just don't think people would travel here to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, but in reality, that is my list of Patreons, the people that have signed up and are supporting my show through Patreon. So if you want to find out more what that's about, Go over to patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and you can see the different tiers and all the fun times we're having. Uh, also, if you don't want to sign up for Patreon, but you want to support the show in another way, uh, you can always share links to the show on social media or you can like or review the show on iTunes, which every time you do that, I get $100. <laughs> I don't think I get anything if you like or review it on iTunes, but... Wouldn't that be nice? If you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can email me directly at Rob O'Hara at RobOHara.com. Join the conversation over at Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RobCasts. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a message on my podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. And now that this week's show notes have loaded, let's get started talking about lunchboxes. going to start off with a story that has nothing to do about lunchboxes. It has to do with me the day before school started in seventh grade. Now, I had gone to uh, here in Oklahoma elementary school is kindergarten through sixth grade. And so uh, for the most part, the kids that I started school with were the kids that I was uh, still in school with. You know, of course, there were multiple teachers. You didn't always have the same kids in your class, but for the most part, you knew everybody that was in your grade. But seventh grade was different. Seventh grade was the year where all the elementary schools combined 
into one school. And my town had, I believe, five or maybe six elementary schools. And they were all combined together into one school that was seventh and eighth grade. And the night before, now I had already got most of my school clothes. I had already got my shoes and and pants and, and a few dress shirts. But for some reason, we had gone uh, to go pick something up at a clothing store. And I was just digging through the racks frantically looking for a shirt to wear. And my mom was asking me questions like, do your other shirts not fit? And my shirts did fit, but they just weren't cool. They weren't something that, that represented me, you know, something that, that said something about me, either the, the logo or the design or the brand or something, you know. And I remember my dad saying something to my mom and just saying, he's just looking for something, uh, you know, that'll make him want to fit in or something like that. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know why you see it as a bad thing. That is 100% what I'm doing. I'm trying to find a shirt that will make me think that these other 600 kids think that I'm cool. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think about that a lot, about what do your clothes say about you? You know, I mean, if you think about right now, if you just stop and and look and see what you're wearing, you know, maybe – uh, the shoes that you're wearing, you know, are they a style that says that you like to uh, play sports or maybe you like to hike or walk or, or, you know, maybe you pick those shoes for comfort or some other reason. Um, you know, the pants or, or the shorts or something you're wearing. Maybe the shirt. Is it a, a particular brand? Is it a style? Does it have a, a logo on it or something? You know, um, you know, I'm a hat wearer. And so I always wear, I've got not always, but, I probably have 30 or 40 uh, baseball hats on a, a big hanger in my closet, you know, and, and uh, they're different colors. They have different things on them. Some are for sports teams. Some of them have different, uh, uh, you know, brands on them or things like that. So, you know, in a way, kind of like the, the clothing that we choose uh, is more than just, uh, you know, trying to, to look cool or, or be the right colors or something. It really is like, a way that we express ourselves, something that when you see the hat I'm wearing or the shoes I'm wearing or the shirt I've picked out, you know, it represents something about my my personality, you know. And, of course, as we get older, we have more of a say in those things. Like when I was a little kid, uh, you know, I didn't always pick what shirt I got or what pants I wore or something, you know. But, but as I got older, um, you know, you do get to do those things. But anyway – so, so as a kid, like I said, you don't have as much uh, control over your your shirt necessarily, or what coat you wear. Things like I don't ever remember uh, getting, you know, having any say in what what winter coat I wore. <laughs> I just remember having winter coats, you know. But um, the lunchbox to me was the one thing that was uh, all about you. It was your identity, you know, whatever. Uh, lunchbox, you know, I, I started kindergarten in, um, 1978, uh, and then went to school, you know, through the late seventies and all throughout the, the 1980s and graduated in the early nineties. Um, of course I didn't take my lunch all that time, you know, but, um, but for a lot of those years I did take my lunch and the lunchbox that you took, you know, I mean, it wasn't like you got multiple lunchboxes. <laughs> You got one lunchbox, you know, and you had to really choose carefully You had to be very specific about getting that one lunchbox, whatever it was before school started. 
Um, because that was like part of your identity. That was the thing. I mean, later on, I would say that that kind of graduated for me into like a, a trapper keeper, you know, where you had to pick this one thing. And my favorite trapper keeper that I ever had uh, was a, a no-name one that just was laminated and you could slide in your own picture <laughs> on the front. And I love that because I would cut out pictures from uh, skateboard magazines or rock and roll magazines and whoever my favorite band at the time was um, or skate, you know, whatever cool ad or something. I would take those pages out and slide them in. But, but uh, you know, you didn't get that opportunity with a lunchbox. You didn't get, uh, you know, the ability to change throughout the year if uh, something was cool at the beginning of the year and it wasn't halfway through the year, <laughs> you're stuck with it. You know, that that was just uh, uh, what you had, you know. So um, I, I've been collecting lunchboxes for about 10 years now. And uh, when I started, uh, I found a book. I, th- I, I remember putting this on my, uh, I'm knocking stuff over to get the book. I have the book here next to me here. Uh, when, when I was uh, uh, just getting started and collecting lunchboxes, I picked up this book. Now, it turns out that uh, almost everything in this book <laughs> is available on Wikipedia. Um, I mean, the facts and stuff in the beginning, if you... Uh, Go to Wikipedia. So I don't know if the book got the stuff from uh, Wikipedia or vice versa, but uh, uh, it's this big green book, and it's called A Collector's Guide to Lunchboxes. And if you go to antique malls and stuff, you see there's all these – they always have different books about collecting things and and price guides, and and that's what this is. uh, It says identification and values, and so I'm just kind of flipping through here just to see – I don't even know that it has – yeah, it says uh, 300 pages, and, and it's uh, glossy, um, and it has every it has pictures of every uh, officially released metal lunchboxes, the front and back. And it has some loose prices. Uh, I'll just flip here to the middle. Here's um, Disco Fever. This looks like a good one. It's got the picture of the front and of the back and of the thermos. Um, it tells who the artist was. It says who released it, what the rarity is. This is a rarity four. It was released in 1980 by Aladdin and, um, Ooh, standard, uh, box $60. Wow. It's got a good value. So, uh, I kind of got it because, um, uh, I, I was actually surprised that there aren't as many different metal lunchboxes as you would think. I mean, officially licensed one. I, I think there's less than 300 to choose from, uh, you know, and, and that's uh, all the major brands. I mean, there's like 10 different brands, uh, companies that were putting out metal lunchboxes in the, uh, uh, gosh, going, going way back. And so this is, um, some of the facts that I pulled out of the book. And again, um, some of these same facts are listed on Wikipedia, but it says in 1935, that was the first time that a character uh, was licensed to appear on a lunchbox. And that was a metal lunchbox with Mickey Mouse. So that appeared in 1935. Um, but they weren't, uh, I mean, they weren't, lunchboxes uh, weren't a big hit, I would say at that time. Uh, but in 1950, um, there, 1950 is the first licensed, uh, TV character to show up on a metal lunchbox. And that was Hopalong Cassidy. And so a lot of people consider that 1950 lunchbox to be the beginning of, 
uh, the metal lunchbox craze. Uh, that lunchbox sold 600,000 lunchboxes in the first year. And so, of course, after that, every, you know, everybody was like, oh, we got to start making lunchboxes. Um, in 1959 was the first vinyl box. And you may remember those. They were, um, uh, you know, it's like vinyl that's been kind of folded up and it's wrapped or whatever. I never owned a vinyl box. I don't remember anybody, any of my friends having the vinyl ones. We were all mostly uh, metal and plastic. But the first plastic lunchbox appeared in 1960, which is a lot earlier uh, than what I thought. Now, that's not the standard plastic one that every single lunchbox after a certain date seems to have adopted the exact same mold uh, that came later. later. Now, uh, in 1962 was the first metal embossed lunchbox, and that was a Huckleberry Hound lunchbox. And so when you think about uh, metal lunchboxes, the ones that you're probably most familiar with where, you know, it's kind of raised well, it's embossed, uh, with, uh, printing on top of it that, uh, started in 1962, uh, in 1968 was the introduction of the plastic thermos. Now thermoses before that were often metal and had glass inside to try to, uh, insulate your drinks. But, uh, um, they became in 1968 is when the plastic thermoses started and, um, eventually the, the filling just became styrofoam. So they're, they're plastic with a layer of styrofoam in there, which really, um, you know, uh, insulated drinks better. Um, in 1985, and a lot of people know this fact or, or kind of know this fact, 1985 was the last officially uh, released Rambo. Uh, well, it was the last official metal lunchbox and it was the Rambo lunchbox that was in 1985. So there were a lot of factors of that. Um, a lot of people cite a specific incident. I don't know that a specific incident really exists that kids were using metal lunchboxes as weapons, but a lot of people talk about that, you know, kids hitting each other with metal lunchboxes, which I can tell you, Definitely happened on my bus. <laughs> I definitely remember that. Um, but, uh, of course, you know, the other thing about the, the Rambo lunchbox and, uh, uh, we'll talk to, you know, I have one, but it has Rambo and he's like holding this giant machine gun and a rocket launcher and there's helicopters and stuff. And so I think a lot of parents, uh, it turned a lot of parents off of buying lunchboxes for kids, but, but, uh, the Rambo one was it. Now, the thing was, a lot of people also think that, um, just because the, the Rambo one ended in 1985, that's when, uh, the plastic one started. But I have a, uh, a plastic lunchbox from, uh, 1980 or 81. So there were, you know, there was a long time where, where those things overlapped. That's like a lot of things that we talk about, right? Like, um, you know, it wasn't like when the day that the, a Super Nintendo came out that everybody got rid of their Nintendo stuff, you know, and there wasn't a, a hard cutoff. There was a lot of people that continued, you know, they kept making Nintendo games. People kept buying Nintendo games. You know, there was a, a gradual, it's always a, a gradual crossfade, so to speak, uh, of things. And so, yeah, there were plastic lunch boxes are obviously much more inexpensive to make. You can make them in any color. You just put a mold in there. And then when you're done, you slap a sticker on the front and there you go. You have any kind of lunchbox you want. So uh, obviously those were a lot uh, cheaper to make, but you know, the metal ones are really like an art form, man. If you just, you know, you pick one up and, and look at them and stuff, man, I, I there's something about it. 
Um, you know, especially uh, they have artwork on all six sides. On the front and back will will usually be embossed, you know, and sometimes the edges will. But but there's artwork on the bottom and on the sides and on the top. And if you look at them, a lot of them tell a story of things going on and stuff, you know. So we'll be going through some of my lunchboxes later and, and looking at the artwork and stuff and uh, talking about that. Now, when I was a kid, like I said, I started kindergarten in 1978. And if you know my history, you know that in 1977, I saw the most important movie in my life, which was the original Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope, which came out uh, in 1977. And so I started school with a metal lunchbox that had uh, Star Wars on it. And I still have that lunchbox today. Now, I own three lunchboxes that I owned as a kid. And surprisingly, they're all Star Wars. Um, in 1980 or possibly 81, I got a new lunchbox, which was a Empire Strikes Back. And it's plastic. It's a red plastic lunchbox. And it has a picture on the front of Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie all standing in their Hoth gear. And they're all pointing their guns. It's not a picture from the movie, but it's some sort of promotional picture that they shot. And so I switched to that lunchbox. And then the last lunchbox I owned was a Return of the Jedi lunchbox, which has R2-D2 and Wicket, the Ewok, on the front. Um, Now, I probably would not have saved these lunchboxes. And in fact, I know that I had a couple of other lunchboxes. One was a really square plastic uh, blue lunchbox that had the peanuts on it. had Charlie Brown and maybe Snoopy. And I kind of remember a few other lunchboxes here and there, so I didn't save those, but I saved the ones that were Star Wars, which kind of makes sense because I was a Star Wars collector and stuff. And so um, I pro- I do remember at one point storing action figures in one of the lunchboxes later, you know, so that's probably why I hung on to those, you know. So, but I never got into collecting lunchboxes. I, I didn't even get into collecting Star Wars lunchboxes. I just had these three lunchboxes that somehow kept banging around and, and uh, ending up in my collection. I never quite got rid of them. Um, so two houses ago. So gosh, this has probably been, man, I don't even know. Uh, actually, Mason would have been pretty young and he's 19. So Um, you know, maybe 17 years ago, something like that. I built this set of white shelves and the point of the shelves was the purpose was to store DVDs. Uh, we had a, a a set of stairs that went upstairs and there was this big white wall that was sitting at the bottom of the stairs and I, and it was just unused space. And I thought, you know what? I could build some shelves and put DVDs on them. And so like I talked about on the episode about shelves, I put a DVD on one of the shelves and left a little bit of space so I could pull the DVDs out. And that's how I made the the height of the shelves. And, and, um, I made these shelves where they would hold, gosh, I don't know, maybe three or 400 DVDs, something like that. Uh, the problem is, is that I ended up with like a thousand DVDs. I ended up with way more DVDs than would fit on these shelves. And so, you know, I ended up having to move, uh, my shelf collection or move my DVD collection to different shelves and stuff. And so these shelves that I had built to hold DVDs, uh, my DVDs outgrew it. 
And so at that point, I really had no use for these shelves. So I took them back down uh, and we moved and I'd still hung on to these shelves. And, and um, at my last house, I had moved in and I, I was starting to set up the Star Wars room and I, I didn't have enough shelves. And so I took these shelves and, and hung them on the wall and I put Star Wars stuff on it. And it was really just a um, temporary solution until I could to buy some more uh, uniform shelving uh, and then I did buy more shelving and I took them off the wall and I, I, you know, we had this whole upstairs area that, that basically my son and I were the only two that ever went upstairs. So I took these shelves and I hung them on the outside of my room. I just hung them on a wall and I didn't know what to put there. I thought, you know what I'll put, um, I had some different drinking glasses, like, you know, the old collectible drinking glasses. I had some old uh, McDonald's glasses and some Star Wars glasses that came from Burger King and things like that. I thought, well, that would be kind of cool. So I, I kind of set the glasses up on those shelves and, and they looked all right. Um, and then, but I, they didn't fill up all the shelf space. I had a lot of empty shelf space and I was kind of walking around looking for something that, that fit on those shelves. And I saw one of those lunch boxes. So I took my Star Wars lunchbox and I, I put it in there and it was like an exact fit. There was like half an inch of space above the top of the, the lunchbox. I mean, it was just perfect, you know, and I kind of measured it out and I could get like four lunchboxes across if I spread them out. And that was just enough room in between each one to put a thermos so I could take the thermos out and display it as well. So all of a sudden I had this shelf. That was perfect for lunch boxes. I thought, well, let's get rid of these glasses. I moved the glasses somewhere else. And I thought, this is going to be my new lunchbox shelf. Now I'm going to start collecting lunchboxes. <laughs> so literally, I started collecting lunchboxes because I had a set of shelves that were perfect for displaying lunchboxes. So I had them set up, and I only had three lunchboxes. I had the three that I just told you, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I had these three lunchboxes on there. And I decided that I was going to start buying lunchboxes, but I was only going to buy enough to fill these shelves. Well, if you know me, you know that I probably bought more lunchboxes <laughs> that would fit on the shelves. Um, but one thing that I like about lunchboxes is that they're essentially all the same size. They're the exact same dimension. And even the plastic and the metal ones are almost identical. So you can... Um, you know, they, they all fit on the shelf regardless if they were plastic or metal and, and the thermoses were all essentially the same. I mean, sometimes the lids won't fit on one to the other, but, uh, they won't, they'll fit, but they won't screw on right or something, you know, but, um, but yeah, and so there's something about the uniformity. They're all individual. They have their own artwork or their own brand or whatever, but they're all, you know, fit in this exact same little shape, the same little compartment will hold them. So there's something that, uh, uh, I really enjoy about that as far as collecting, you know. So I started going to antique malls and, and thrift stores. You know, I just started keeping an eye open for lunch boxes. And, and fortunately for me, I started this kind of before. There's kind of been a resurgence of lunchbox collecting, and the prices have really gone up. But when I started, uh, you know, things were pretty inexpensive. I set some ground rules. For myself, and the very first ground rule I said was, I will only buy metal lunchboxes. I have no interest in collecting plastic lunchboxes. It took me about three or four weeks before I broke that rule. <laughs> we'll talk about why shortly. You know what? Let's talk about why now. Uh, why is because 
there is an era of metal lunchboxes, and that era ended. So if you want a Ghostbusters lunchbox, the only option is plastic. Um, there are certain things that are just only plastic lunchboxes. The first plastic lunchbox I bought, I believe, uh, was Photon, which is you know the laser tag arena, the laser tag game that I love so much was Photon, but it was only plastic. So of course, I'm not going to turn it down just because it's plastic. I do prefer the metal ones. I think the artwork is just so much better and the embossing really, you know, it gives it an identity that the plastic ones don't have because a plastic one is essentially just a sticker. Uh, occasionally they're, they're screen printed on, but a lot of times, uh, even later, they're just a sticker that's stuck on there. So, um, you know, I think the metal ones do have more personality, but you know, like I said, if if there's a, a brand or a logo or a character, something that you really want, uh, and it's only available in plastic, I decided I would I would um, buy the plastic one. Another rule I set for myself early on was that I would not pay more than twenty dollars for a metal lunchbox or ten dollars for a plastic lunchbox. Now that was a great plan, uh, but it didn't work out. I often pay thirty to forty dollars for metal ones now, uh, but it has to be one that I love, uh, and that will get to the third rule. But um, I won't pay you know thirty or forty dollars for one that I don't like. You know, I won't pay. I've never paid more than twenty for a plastic one. That's just that's my <laughs> my line. Um, but you know, some of the metal ones that I've really wanted. Uh, I'm sure I've paid $50 for a lunchbox before I try not to pay that much. And, and for me, there's no lunchbox that I won't pass up. <laughs> there's a, an antique mall near me that has a black hole lunchbox and I'd love to have it. And it's marked at $85 and there's no way I would pay $85 for any lunchbox. So, you know, maybe someday I'll run across one that's been marked down or I'll find it or they'll drop their price or something will happen, but I would never pay $85 for a lunchbox. So that, that just won't, won't happen, you know? Um, but I, I again, I will say that uh, there've been a few times where I've been, uh, uh, tempted, you know, I also try to not buy them if they're really beat up and rusty or if they have dents or things like that. Um, but again, a lot of the ones that I have, there are exceptions to the rule. And, and, um, you know, I bought, I think the worst one, and we'll talk, you know, talk about it, but I did buy one where like the paint has started flaking off and that's one that I'll either replace or, or just part ways with. Um, uh, and it's not one that I'm super married to, you know, so, uh, uh, it, it's not like I have, um, you know, any nostalgic connection with it. So, uh, it was a, it was a good brand, but, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm putting them up for display items now for the most part, I'm not using them anymore. And so, uh, you know, if, if they just, if they look ugly, it's just not worth it. Uh, so what I started doing, oh, you know, the other rule was, is that they, I really wanted to have the thermos. And also that was an unrealistic rule. A lot of times I find them without thermoses. And sometimes I find thermoses without, uh, lunch boxes. I found a thermos one time for that has uh, Nestle's quick rabbit. I don't know. I guess there must've been a lunch box that went with it at some point, but I just got the thermos. And so <laughs> I just have it sitting up on a shelf. I enjoy looking at it, but I, I don't, uh, 
I don't have a lunchbox that goes with it, but for the most part, my display is, you know, lunchbox thermos, lunchbox thermos, and it kind of goes all the way down and it, it works out to where um, there's very few, uh, that I had to store inside the lunchboxes just because, uh, you know, the numbers kind of worked out that way. Um, I will say that I have one interesting thing that goes with my lunchbox collection, which is not a lunchbox. And I was searching one time on Etsy for lunchboxes. For some reason, there's a lot of lunchboxes available on Etsy. And and other than um, uh, antique malls and thrift stores, I do check Etsy. I do check um, Craigslist and Facebook uh, Market. And I also check the um, Goodwill auction site. I try not to buy too many from there, not because I, I don't – They sometimes they have great deals, but they have a handling fee and their shipping is high. And so – you know, sometimes a, a lunchbox or an auction that you'll win for $10, you'll end up spending 20 to actually get it shipped to you. So there's, there's, um, you have to pay attention on the fees on the uh, shop goodwill site. But, uh, but anyway, I was on Etsy one time and typing in different lunchboxes and I typed in Gremlins lunchbox. That was one lunchbox that I was looking for. And on Etsy, there was not a Gremlins lunchbox, but there was a painting of a gremlin's lunchbox. And this guy had printed, uh, not printed, it's a, a uh, an oil painting of the gremlin's lunchbox at kind of a 3D angle, and it's sitting on a black and white checkered table. It's the strangest thing. Why would anybody paint a picture of a lunchbox? I have no idea. Um, but I immediately bought it. <laughs> it was like $30 or something. And I found a little frame to put it in. And so I have that hanging next to my lunchboxes. It's a very, very strange thing. Um, it's obviously an original. It's a one of a kind. So nobody else, uh, as far as I know, has a oil painting of a Gremlins lunchbox. But uh, and then I did eventually get a Gremlins lunchbox. And so it's kind of sitting next to the painting of a Gremlins lunchbox as well. So uh, that's kind of a, a unique part of my collection. Um. A lot of people, the two questions I get the most about my lunchbox collection, the number one question I get are, are there any lunchboxes that you're looking for that you don't have yet? Uh, and there are two that I'm constantly looking for. One is E.T. Um, E.T. lunchboxes, I think in 82 or eight, you know, 83, everybody, like half of my class had E.T. lunchboxes. I never had one. Uh, but it's very iconic. It has a yellow, uh, border. It has ET. It has, um, I think on one side it has, uh, Elliot, uh, you know, riding in front of, uh, uh, the moon, all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's one that I would love, but the problem with it and, and the other one is, uh, Indiana Jones. There's a Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, lunchbox and they both have the same problem, which is, uh, not only are, were they popular lunchboxes, but those things are popular in pop culture. And so that drives the price up. I have seen the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark lunchbox completely faded to the point where you can barely tell what it is. And people are trying to get $75 for it. The ET one, I often see people listed. I think there's one on my local Facebook market right now for $150. And again, I, I'm just not interested in paying that much. Uh, so... Um, you know, I may run across one eventually. I may, uh, you know, find one cheap and then I'll add it to the collection and I'll love it and, and, uh, you know, look at it all the time and it'll make me smile. But, 
yeah, I, I just can't pay those prices. I just can't justify it, you know. So, but those are the two that I'm always looking for. And, uh, and then I have a, a my side eye is watching that black hole lunchbox to see if the price ever drops on that. But uh, uh, yeah, ET and Indiana Jones are the two that I'm always looking for that I haven't picked up yet. Uh, the other question I often get is, do you use the lunchboxes? And so for a long time, the answer was no. I put the lunchboxes on a shelf. It gives me great joy to look at them, uh, but I didn't use them uh, for their intended purpose. That changed in 2015 when I went back to school for my master's degree. Now, the way that uh, that worked out was um, I was working a work shift where I was working, uh, I think, 6 to 2.30 at the time. And so um, I had a, a deal worked out with my boss where they have a, a, a work center at the college where I was able to work remotely. I'd bring my own uh, Wi-Fi connection and my laptop. And so I would leave my house at 5 in the morning uh, and drive to, to college and be there by 6. And then I could set up and I would be able to uh, work. And, my, and then I had, a, uh, I had a class that kind of coincided with my lunchtime. And I had a, another class in the morning. And so... You know, I took a couple of breaks during the day uh, and would log off and, 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 and log back on. And I only had to do this like one or two days a week uh, and, and not for the whole time I went to school, like one or two semesters, I had to do things like this. But um, uh, and then when the day was over, I could stay late and make up my time. So my actual work day would spread, you know, 11 hours, but I was able to get eight hours of work in during that time and then take time out for, for classes. So uh, again, it wasn't the easiest schedule to do. I did a lot of sacrifices to get that degree, and, and that was one of them. But part of the problem was I did not have time to leave the college campus to go get food. I mean, I was sitting there working, and I, I didn't have time to go do things. I was taking meetings and phone calls uh, you know, in the area I was working and, and doing a lot of stuff online. And so the solution was I had to take my lunch. And what better way to take your lunch as a 40-something-year-old college student than in a Pac-Man lunchbox <laughs> or a Snoopy lunchbox or a Sesame Street lunchbox, whatever it happened to be. And so I would uh, sit in this common area during the lunchtime, and it was uh, like private tables, but it was where a lot of the instructors and, and students would walk by. And the students would walk by, again, most of my classmates were 20 years younger than me, and they would definitely give me a strange look. They would look and be like, what is this guy doing? But there was one professor in particular that would stop every week. I remember the first week he stopped, and I had brought my Pac-Man lunchbox, and he was like, oh, I remember Pac-Man. Oh, I love Pac-Man, you know, and this guy was eh, probably my age, roughly my age, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, man. And so uh, for the entire semester, I would bring a different lunchbox every week and uh, he would stop and ask me, you know, about my lunchbox. There was one or two where uh, he stopped and he's like, nope, don't remember that. I don't think he remembered Photon. He's like, nope, doesn't ring a bell. And he would keep on going. But uh, but it kind of became a fun uh, tradition to use a different lunchbox each week. Now, I will say that I never used the thermos. I would put the thermos out sometimes to make it look like I was using it. But I always brought a bottle of water or had a, my own little thing of water or something. 
Um, and uh, some of the thermoses I've opened are um, a little questionable. Uh, mostly, I mean, if you wash them, I'm sure they're fine or whatever, but I'm just always worried, man, I'm going to open one and find, you know, some 20-year-old milk dried in the bottom, and, and that's going to be the end of that. So uh, I don't typically use uh, the thermoses, but uh, it, it was fun to pretend during that time. So uh, I have also used them at work on occasion. Now, mostly I work in, uh, I mean, even though I work in an area that has 10,000 employees, the place, you know, the rooms that I worked in traditionally had like four or five people. So it was okay to carry in a lunchbox and then the four or five people, cause they were all my friends. They would be like, Oh boy, they would kind of snicker or whatever, you know, and that was fine. That was, you know, it was just uh, a playful taunting, you know? Uh, but I remember one day uh, I was carrying in this lunchbox and I want to say it was the uh, return of the Jedi one. Uh, and that was the, the, one that I had that had R2-D2 and Wicket, uh, the Ewok on it. And I was walking and I saw all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, this lady was walking in next to me who was uh, uh, my age or a little bit younger. And she was like, oh, wow, I see your lunchbox. And I could just feel my face getting red. I was like, oh, no, you know. And she was like, yeah, my kid really likes the Ewoks and stuff and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. And so... Uh, I didn't know who it was. We were just making small talk in the parking lot. She went her way and I went my way. But I was like, yeah, I think maybe a, <laughs> that might be over taking the uh, kids' lunchboxes to, to work. So I haven't done that in a long time. And I, I don't really take my lunch to work anymore anyway. So, um, yeah, that that was a tradition that kind of uh, came and ended. So, well, anyway, the the last thing I wanted to do, and and this will take up uh, the majority of the time of the show, is talk about uh, my lunchbox collection as it is today, and look at some of the lunchboxes. I'm not going to talk about every one. I might name everyone here, but uh, um, I, as I was setting up my new home office in, in our new house, there's a area of wall to my right. It's above my bookshelves, and it's probably. Oh, three feet uh, between, you know, the top of my shelves and the ceiling. And it's just wasted space. And I got this idea, you know, I could just hang white shelves, like three rows of white shelves from wall to wall. The wall is 15 foot long. I could hang these three sets of shelves and put my lunchboxes on it. And so, you know, this was a, a weekend project. I went and got the wood I needed and, and uh, some brackets and put them on the wall and got all my lunchboxes, put them all together, and started. I had to use a ladder because it's it's pretty high up on the wall, and just started moving the lunchboxes up there. I, I, the one part that that's uh, frustrating to me about this particular display is at the old house they were closer to eye level, and what I really liked doing was arranging and rearranging the lunchboxes. Like uh, there was a time where I had them sorted by color. <laughs> started with all the yellow ones and then orange and red and green, then blue. And sometimes I would sort them by, um, you know, uh, themes or different, you know, different things that made sense to me. Uh, and I also like taking the metal ones and turning them around so you could see the artwork on the other side. And unfortunately to do all that now I have to have a step ladder. So I'm, I'm not, uh, handling the lunch boxes as much as I did at the old house, but I still enjoy them very much. And I, uh, have them. So when I turn to my right, especially when I'm working 
during the day on my work computer and working from home, when I look up, that's what I see are all my lunchboxes. And um, uh, I, I just I just really do enjoy the artwork and enjoy looking at them. So uh, I am now turned to the side and looking at the lunchboxes themselves. And so um, starting from left to right, I won't go down the, the whole shelf, but just kind of move down the collection uh, from left to right. Um, let's see, looking at the top here, there is a Sigmund the Sea Monster, which I watched as a kid. I don't remember anybody who had that lunchbox, but I liked that show as a kid and I found this uh, relatively cheap. Sometimes, you know, I'm not looking for a specific lunchbox. I'm just out and about and I spy one. And if it's a decent price, I'll pick it up. Uh, next to that is Mr. Merlin. That's another show I was not super into, but I enjoyed the lunchbox. Then I have my Dark Crystal lunchbox, which is great. I'd rather have a Labyrinth one, uh, but the Dark Crystal one is great. Uh, then there's Annie. And these are, I guess I should say that all of these are metal. I'll tell you when, they, when they're plastic ones. Um, my sister had two or three lunchboxes, and this is one that I know she had. Of course, the artwork on here has uh, Annie and it has Sandy, and in the background is Daddy Warbucks. Um, I've, I've mentioned before that this is a, a movie that we had on VHS recorded off of HBO and probably watched a hundred times. I know, unfortunately, every song and every beat of the movie, Annie. And so when I saw that, uh, now, you know what, here's a funny story about this lunchbox. I just thought of, uh, when I went to go buy this lunchbox, I was in Tulsa, I was shopping at an antique mall and I found it. And when I went up to pay for it, um, the guy's credit card machine was down and there was a line forming behind me and people were like, what is he buying? And they're like, who's oh, buying an Annie lunchbox? And I could just feel the snickering and I had to leave the lunchbox there and go next door, uh, where they had an ATM and use the ATM to get cash out and then come back <laughs> and pay for the Annie lunchbox. So, uh, nothing like, uh, holding up a line of people, shoppers that are ready to check out because uh, you're trying to buy an Annie lunchbox. Uh, next is uh, Rambo, which uh, is the one that I talked about. That's the one that was uh, 1985 and the last uh, metal lunchbox from the, a lot of people don't know the different brands, but the two biggest brands were Aladdin and Thermos, which is the actual you know name brand of the company. And uh, Thermos is the one who made Rambo. Most Thermos lunchboxes say Thermos right on them, and this one does. Uh, it's on the bottom left, like in big white letters. So can't miss it. Um, and then right next to that one is uh, Dragon's Lair, which I never had. I love this lunchbox. I mean, it's a shot straight from the game. You've got Dirk the Daring with the, his uh, sword there and all the creatures from the game that are all around him. It's a really colorful uh, and cartoony. There's another one uh, th that reminds me of it for uh, obvious reasons that I'll talk about here in a second. Uh, on the shelf below those, and this is all again on the left third uh, set of shelves. Uh, the first one is Dukes of Hazard. My buddy Tim at work gave me the Dukes of Hazard uh, lunchbox. He said that he had it as a kid and uh, he had it stored in his attic. And when he found out that I collected lunchboxes, he went and got it and uh, offered it to me for free. And I looked it up online and, and uh, the cheapest one I could find for sale was $80. And so we came to an agreement that I paid him half price. So I, I paid $40 
for the Dukes of Hazard, which was a good deal for both of us. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that, um, the Dukes of Hazard so prominently displayed the, um, uh, Confederate flag. And, uh, so I've kind of got it. I mean, I have it in the collection. I had, I grew up watching the Dukes of Hazard and, and none of us ever associated anything, um, racial with the Confederate flag. And so I'm really torn because I do like, um, the, uh, intellectual property. I mean, I like the show and stuff, but obviously, you know, I can't support, um, you know, nobody would support racism and you don't want to support, uh, the flag. And so I kind of have it uh, positioned in a way where you could see it's a Dukes of Hazard, but you can't see the Confederate flag. And so that's the compromise I've come up with. Um, next to it is a Clash of the Titans lunchbox, which I did not know existed. And this is the one I talked about that is so rusty that it's, it's starting to flake off. Um, I love Clash of the Titans. I'm a huge Ray Harryhausen fan. Uh, I had a toy Kraken when I was a kid. I had Pegasus. Uh, I had I had uh, a few of the action figures. I have seen uh, the uh, uh, I went to the Ray Harryhausen uh, display that was uh, uh, going from uh, like a rotating art thing at museums that had a bunch of the original maquettes. You know, it had uh, the original Boo Boo the Owl and Medusa and the Kraken and all the uh, the old skeleton armatures from Jason the Argonauts and stuff. It was so awesome. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And so when I saw this lunchbox, um, it was in really bad condition. But uh, I went ahead and picked it up. I think I paid $10 for it. If I found one in better condition, I would replace this one. Most of the, the colors faded uh, from it. So it's not in good shape. Uh, there's a, a Roadrunner one, which I just bought because I thought was fun. Uh, and then I'm going to skip the whole right section for now. On the bottom uh, is one of my favorite lunchboxes. It is Ronald McDonald. And it says Ronald McDonald as the sheriff of Cactus Canyon. And it has Ronald McDonald as, um, I guess, he, well, he's the sheriff. And then there's Birdie. So that kind of dates it. Um because Birdie was introduced when they had uh, McNuggets. He was the reason that uh, uh, they brought Birdie in was because of McNuggets. Um, but if you if you pick up this lunchbox and go around all the artwork, it shows this entire story of the Hamburglar getting arrested and them running around to catch people and grimaces on there. And this is one of those – like this is not a show. There was no Ronald McDonald show where he was a sheriff. It was just this really unique – lunchbox that tells a story all by itself. It's really, really fun. Uh, it's one of my favorites, really. Uh, then we've got the Gremlins. Of course, this has a couple. It has a, a Mogwai on there and uh, and Billy, and it says Gremlins. That's the side I have out right now. Uh, next to that is Pac-Man, which is another classic. This one's really expensive now. I can be, and I got it before uh, prices went up, but uh, um, I mean, this is an iconic one, and I remember lots of kids in my school having Pac-Man lunchboxes. It's a, a really great one. Next is uh, the Jungle Book, and I, you know, I've always been my my two favorite Disney cartoons growing up was uh, Jungle Book and Robin Hood, and I always you know kind of identified with Robin Hood. I just liked, but I mean, I liked him, but I really identified with uh, Little John, you know, and and of course in the uh, Jungle Book. It was all about Baloo and the bare necessities. The bare necessities. 
I'm not going to do it. Uh, but uh, Baloo is right here on uh, on that lunchbox, so that's a great one. Now, the whole center of the lunchbox collection, there's a big collection on the left and a big one on the right. The stuff that's on the left are all Muppet-related. I tried to put those all together. Uh, there's uh, one, two, two, maybe three Sesame Street related lunchboxes that have all different characters on it. Then there's Muppet Babies, which uh, Muppet Babies is one of my favorite 80s cartoons. I loved all the adventures and stuff. If you listen to um, uh, Sprite Castle, you know, there's the uh, section in the middle where we we talk about uh, my personal memories and there's a audio clip from the Muppet Babies. That's where that came from. And of course, in between all these are different Muppet related uh, thermoses. So there's Sesame Street characters and Kermit and uh, baby Kermit and all that. Uh, I've got, uh, there were two, actually, I say two, there's at least three here for the Muppet show. There's one that has, uh, uh, and they all have on one side, it has like kind of the ensemble from the Muppet show. And then on the back, one has Fozzie, um, one has Kermit, I believe, and then one has Animal. So those are, um, you know, I, I never wanted to get uh, duplicate lunchboxes, but those, I believe, are the same on one side, and then they have the, the character on the back side. So, I, you know, if you put them all the same way, they would look uh, similar pointing out. Uh, and then... Next, on the very end of that, is Pigs in Space, which Pigs in Space had its own lunchbox, which I love. And it looks almost like a Star Wars one, which is funny because I put it up next to all my Star Wars lunchboxes, which is what are next. So I have the the metal uh, original Star Wars lunchbox. I don't have all the Star Wars lunchboxes. There's a couple of early Star Wars lunchboxes that are plastic that I don't have, but I have the original metal one. It has... um, uh, the X-Wing fighter on one side, and on the other side, it has the uh, scene where the stormtroopers are interrogating Luke and Obi-Wan in the land speeder when they're outside of uh, Mos Eisley. Uh, I have a uh, two metal Empire Strikes Back lunchboxes and a metal Return of the Jedi one, which has Luke whipping out his pistol as he's getting ready to attack uh, Jabba the Hutt. Uh, and then I have a couple of plastic ones, the ones I mentioned, The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, and they're, where they're both the uh, ones I had as a kid. And then I have the first, what I would call, well, it's a modern lunchbox, which I said I would never, ever collect. That was the bottom of my list. I don't want any modern lunchboxes. And this is the first of a few that I have. Um, this was sold at Star Wars Celebrations. And it's slightly smaller than the normal uh, metal lunchboxes. And it has Boba Fett, the cartoon, from the Star Wars Holiday Special. And that's kind of why I got it. So it is snuck up there. People that are looking may or may not. I mean, based on the smaller size, they might realize that it's uh, not vintage. But uh, um, you know what? Had to have it. Uh, sneaking in across the top row up there are some heavy hitters from the 70s and 80s. Uh, we've got the Fall Guy. We've got Knight Rider. Uh, there's a Mickey Mouse Mickey's Express, where uh, it has uh, Mickey Mouse and friends all around a train. We have Buck Rogers, which is a classic. And then there's the uh, Metal Secret of Nim, which looks a lot like the Dragon's Lair one. It has similar colors and artwork. Obviously, there's the Don Bluth connection. 
Uh, Secret of Nim was a, a movie, you know, cartoon movie, animated movie that I loved as a kid. So had to have that one. Uh, there's a few other metal ones around here. There's a Cracker Jack one, which I'm not married to. It's okay. I, I think that was one of like a purchase of opportunity. Um, if I ever found something that I loved better, I would yank that one. Uh, and then there's a Strawberry Shortcake, which is also metal and is the second uh, of three lunchboxes that I remember my sister having. And now that I'm looking, I don't know that I have the third uh, which is Holly Hobby. I don't know that I have a Holly Hobby, but uh, I would add that. <laughs> uh, I also, here is a, the second uh, modern lunchbox, which looks exactly like a boom box. And these are for sale on Amazon. Uh, it looks like, it looks very realistic, especially in a photo. It has speakers and a little tape deck and lots of knobs. Of course, that's all embossed. So, uh, you know, none of those things are really uh, three-dimensional, but... Uh, but it looks really good, uh, and so I thought I would add that to the collection. Now, in the, the third uh, section down here on the far right, you kind of get some of the more obscure stuff. There's a plastic uh, WWF Hulk Hogan lunchbox. There's a lot of plastic that I kind of shuffled all down to the far end here. Uh, here's one that I saw on eBay, and it was I was looking at lunchboxes, and it was so unique I thought I would get it. Uh, it is a plain white plastic lunchbox with a split logo. And on the left, it has Captain Crunch, and he is spinning a basketball on his index finger. And on the right, it says Detroit Pistons. And apparently, these were given out uh, through the NBA at some point in the 80s at Detroit Pistons game. They had a lunchbox night. And I have since, I believe I've seen them with one other team. There may be some other ones, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a unique thing. And, and of course, that scratches a lot of itches for me. It has uh, NBA, which I love basketball. It also has Captain Crunch, and I love cereal, 80s cereal, and I love lunchboxes. So it, it all kind of comes together there. Um, here's a national – this is a metal uh, lunchbox that has international airlines on it, and it has Pan Am and a whole bunch of uh, different – airlines most of which have gone out of business it's really funky i think it was made in the 60s and there's no thermos that came with it uh and it was uh, like an anniversary offering or something i saw this this might be my most expensive lunchbox i think i paid 50 dollars for this lunchbox um but i looked it up in the price guide and i think the price guide said it was like 80 or 85 and so i thought yeah okay Plus, it was one of these things where I had gone out of town to an antique mall and I hadn't found anything to buy. So you're kind of like doing that thing, you know, right before you end, uh, you know, you leave. Uh, you're like, well, I guess I got to get something. And so that's what I got. Uh, there's three metal ones in the top right corner. One is Care Bears. One is Heathcliff. And one is Hawaiian Punch. Uh, the Hawaiian Punch one might be newer. Uh, I don't think so, though, but... Um, uh, yeah. So those are all stuck up there. Uh, then there's a bunch of plastic ones, uh, ghostbusters. I mentioned the photon one. I have a super Mario two lunchbox go bots. Uh, there's a he man. Uh, now there's two or three here that I really do like. Um, one says Munchbox, and it has um, it's Chuck E. Cheese, but it has uh, you know the the main guy from the band was uh, uh, Mr. Munch or whatever, and so it's a Munchbox instead of a lunchbox. So I like the Chuck E. Cheese one. Uh, then I have a purple one that has a, a it's uh, Mad Balls, 
and it says a mad ball a day keeps everyone away. And um, I had mad balls. Now, I mean, I I think this lunchbox would have been after long after I was taking lunches to school or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, I, I found this one and I thought oh, that's really unique. So I got that. That was unique enough to justify the plastic, you know. And then um, I have one for the real Ghostbusters, which is the Ghostbusters cartoon. And uh, so that's next to the original Ghostbusters movie uh, one. And then the only other ones that are up there are ones that um, a listener a long time ago, I say a long time ago, six, nine months ago, uh, pointed out a eBay auction of a Midway lunchbox that says Midway Classic Arcade Gauntlet. And it has uh, the Merlin from Gauntlet on it. Now, these are newer uh, released and I think they were released um, maybe through Target or something. I don't remember, but uh, uh, there's a set of three, and so I found on Amazon uh, you could get all three for about forty dollars. So I bought all three. Uh, one is Gauntlet, one's for Joust, and one is for Defender. And uh, so again, they're newer ones, and I, I don't necessarily like the newer style. You know, uh, they're they're more like commemorative. You know, they're smaller um, and. Uh, uh, no thermoses or anything like that. So they're, they're more like a collector's thing. Uh, so, I, but they had to be, you know, I mean that gauntlet and the joust one look really great. <laughs> so that, that kind of, uh, justified it for me, but I have a few other odds and ends, uh, lunch boxes laying around some smaller ones. I have one that's monopoly. I have one, uh, and I have a couple of duplicates, but, but those aren't up there on display. And, um, uh, you know, I may just, don't, I may drop them off at Goodwill or something. I mean, none of them are worth going through the hassle of selling them online or anything like that. But, but that's pretty much um, the lunchbox collection. Now, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about lunchboxes, and that is my dream. And this is a dream is really overselling this, but the idea of making your own lunchbox. And so I was looking for lunchboxes one day. I think it was on Amazon, and it typed in lunchbox. And they sell a tin lunchbox that is not embossed. I mean, it's completely silver. It's not embossed, and there's no logo or anything on it. And it says you could make your own lunchbox. Now, I thought that it would have some sort of, like, clear thing attached where you could drop, you know, like that Trapper Keeper idea where you could drop in your own artwork and it would show up, but it doesn't seem to be uh, the case. It's more like you could draw on it, make your own logo or, or do whatever, you know? Uh, and I think if you were done, I don't know how, how well it would look, but the idea I've always had is these plastic lunch boxes. Um, you know, the only thing differentiating them is the sticker and so I've always had this idea of finding a plastic lunchbox and uh, making my own sticker or something for the lunchbox, like making my own custom kind of lunchbox. The problem is, is that I'm such a collector and I'm such a person that wants to uh, preserve things that even when I get the most ridiculous plastic lunchboxes, I got one that was a Barbie lunchbox one time. And then when I got it home, I didn't have the heart. Well, first of all, it was like this kind of light purple and and the artwork that I wanted to put on there just didn't match with it, you know. But um, I, I just couldn't destroy 
a lunchbox. I thought, man, there could be somebody somewhere that really wants this lunchbox, you know? And, and now that I'm looking, I think I must have given it to my daughter because I, I don't even see it up here. But, uh, but I, you know, I kept having that idea of like, man, I, you know, I really want to do my own. And so about a month ago, I was, uh, at a thrift store and I saw a plastic lunchbox for sale and it was $10 and it was for, the cartoon mask, which I have no connection to at all. Didn't watch it. No, no nostalgic feelings toward it whatsoever. It's just a little bit past. Uh, uh, I, I was out of uh, cartoons by the time mask came on, I think. Uh, but it was $10. It had a thermos inside. But more importantly, the artwork on the, out of the outside of the lunchbox was almost destroyed. Half of it had been ripped off. And so I was like, I don't feel bad about finishing the job. <laughs> I mean, if it had been fully, you know, stickered or whatever, I wouldn't want to do it. But the fact that somebody had already peeled off half of the sticker, uh, it didn't bother me. So I bought it and brought it home. Like I said, it was 10 bucks. I did get a thermos out of the deal and I peeled off the rest of the sticker. And now I have a red plastic lunchbox with no artwork on it. So it took me a few prints. Uh, I, you know, I did some measuring with a ruler and I tried to lay it out in Photoshop and, and you know, the corners of the uh, sticker are curved. So it's a little hard to get the exact shape, you know, but, um, but I got it and I made a template in Photoshop. And so I've already made two different little stickers for it. One was uh, some artwork, random artwork I found online of uh, all the monster cereals, Count Chocula and, and Frankenberry and Booberry. And, and it's a... Uh, like someone's artwork from DeviantArt or something like that that they've painted. Uh, it's just a beautiful picture. And then I went and got the thermos logo and stuck it over the bottom left to make it look official. And man, I mean, it looks great. I didn't use sticker paper. I literally just put, uh, you know, a couple little pieces of rolled scotch tape and put it on the, you know, put it up on the shelf. And man, it looks so good. Now that, would not hold up to daily use, but just for a display, uh, I thought it was really cool. And then um, I mentioned it on Facebook, and some people had suggestions, and someone mentioned I should make one for the Groovy Ghoulies. And so I went and found some Groovy Ghoulie artwork. And now that I have the template, I can just drop the picture in, print it out, and cut it out along the um, you know thick black border, and, and it fits right in. And so, um, you know, I... I could see doing one as a sticker if I found something eventually that uh, I wanted to do. But um, when when um, DVDs first came out, and more importantly, when um, Netflix was renting physical DVDs, I would occasionally um, uh, copy a DVD. I don't like to admit it now because I have so many original DVDs. Uh, but uh, there were a few that I made copies of, and I would – use spare DVD cases and make my, you know, make my own little cover so I could put it on the shelf. And, uh, there were a couple where I put my face on the DVD cover. There was a, I had a copy of big trouble in little China and I'd cut out basically, um, uh, Kurt Russell's face and I'd put my face there. And so, uh, most people never even notice, you know, nobody would see it, but it was just a fun little joke for me. And so I kind of thought I might do that with some custom lunchbox artwork, you know, get movie scenes or things like that and put my face in it and, and put it on the lunchbox. I think that might be kind of fun. So, uh, but for the most part, you know, the, uh, the shelves that I put up in here 
I didn't know how many lunch boxes they would hold, and so I was I was uh, opening all the boxes. I hadn't opened my lunch boxes in two years since I moved, and and I was going up and down the ladder. And the very last lunchbox, I, I had like two lunchboxes left. I put one up, and there was a little gap, and I put a thermos, and I had two lunchboxes left over. And then when I looked, those were the two that were duplicates. So the shelves that I have are exactly the right size for the amount of lunchboxes. And that's kind of how I like to leave a collection, because if I buy something, now I have to get rid of something. And so I have to look and see, you know, which of the ones are in the worst shape or which of the ones do I not, you know, have a connection with. And uh, that way you're constantly just making the collection a little better, making it more to your liking. Although now that I think about it, I could probably double stack those lunchboxes. Mm, I have to think about that. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Uh, so anyway, that's my lunchbox collection. That's how I got into collecting them. I started collecting them because I had shelves that were the right size for lunchboxes. And, and that's what I've uh, collected so far. I love them. And uh, I love talking about them and showing them off. So that is uh, the end of this uh, episode of You Don't Know Flax. So we've got uh, one more episode, which will be 199 and then then is episode 200 and so i'm trying to get some special things lined up for episode 200 so uh if you're uh, not caught up now you might want to get caught up before then because we're going to be doing some fun stuff on that episode so uh again if you have uh, feedback about this or any episode of the show you can always email me directly at rob o'hara at rob join the conversation on facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts follow me on twitter at commodore or leave me a message on the podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. Don't forget to check out patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hare if you want to sign up and support the show that way. And if not, don't forget to share links on social media and like and review the show on iTunes. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode, and I will see you all in two weeks.